Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. We thought today we would have a conversation around some of the things that we all are kind of dealing with, facing. Um, God has a plan for all of our lives. And uh, once in a while, it's good to just have a moment and just talk. And so I invited my best friend to come have this conversation with, with me. And my prayer is that wherever you are in life and whatever's going on in your life, that hopefully we can shed some light this morning. And hopefully it's helpful, it's edifying, and it's constructive to help us all on our journey. Amen? Um, so, how are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. Good. So, what's going on with you? Oh, you know, nothing. Just sitting here with 700 of my closest friends. Oh, okay. You know. So, so we want to talk about Jesus, we want to talk about church, we want to talk about family, culture, marriage, parenting, social media, relationships. Clearly, we're not going to get to all of them in this service. So we're doing something different. We're going to pick up where we left off for second service. So if you want to double dip, this is a good day to do that because we're just going to continue the conversation. Um, if you can't double dip, check out the podcast. We're going to release both, both conversations. Hopefully, one of the conversations can help you, yeah. you know. But before we get into this topic, I thought we'd start with an icebreaker because, right. you know, just to break the ice. It's named well. That's so deep. That was deep. <laughs> icebreaker to break the ice. That's revelation right there. Right there. Um, so simple. But what do, you, what do you do for fun? Sleep. No. Um, <laughs> what do I do for fun? The f- What I really love for fun is finding things on clearance. (laughs) Like, I feel like it's an art. (laughs) I really take it very seriously. I don't try to even go to the regularly priced items first. Like, that's not even an option. It's not even a shopping trip if I don't hit up the clearance section. And I think what's the most exciting is the cheaper it is, the more prone I am to leave the price tag on when I give it to someone. Like with my family, when it's Christmas time, it's like leave the price tag on. I found this on clearance. So like if it was $2.48, it's like this was $2.48. And no one's offended. They're like, yes, that was a good, good shop, Lindsay. So we lo- I love clearance. That's what I really do for fun. <laughs> and it's even better if I'm coming home to my house clean. So it's like I found something on clearance and I came home to a clean house. It's like a whole other level of excitement for me. (laughs) But what do you do for fun? Because I kind of feel like it's not the same thing. No, but I kind of caught the hint at the end there. (laughs) If I come home to a clean house, I kind of got the hint. Receive that word. Where where are you you going? (laughs) Where are you going with that? What I like to do for fun, uh, I love going to the movies by myself. I know I, that sounds like a loner, but believe me, it's, it's winning. 
If I can go to a movie by myself early, though, I like to go early. I like to be me and my couple of senior citizens' friends. <laughs> so I'm not interrupted by anyone. And it's my, it's my quiet time where I just be able to escape for a couple of hours. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do for fun. I got to play ball this week. That was fun. Yeah. Um, the next day, my legs were like jelly because it's been a while since I played ball. But it's just fun once in a while to just be one of the guys that just... No pressure. Yeah. Just yeah. hang out. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's my fun. But I'll try to clean the house. Um, All right. More often. Um, let's talk about Jesus. Oh, yeah. Nice segue. Let's talk about him. What, what is Jesus doing in your life, personally? Or better yet, what, what are some of the latest lessons or revelations that you're getting in your own walk with him. Yeah. Um, something that he's been really doing in my heart and in my mind is I feel like he's refining me. Um, I think that at one point I felt like, you know, I'm doing a good job. Um, everything's going well. It's kind of the way that I thought it would be. And then when things start to not pan out the way that you're thinking that they should be, how he starts to refine you and he starts to, um, it's almost like in the fire, And when things really aren't going well, if you pay attention, if you don't go to your defense mechanism and you don't go to that emotional place of eating or binge-watching Netflix, which I think we all kind of, you know, we have our tendencies and, you know, it it happens. But I think if you fine-tune, if you tune into what he's doing and you let him refine you, it just takes you to this whole other place of depth Mm -hmm. in him and, and, and another place of security in him too. Because I think that if we go to those knee-jerk reactions of, you know, for me, obviously, it's eating and Netflix, because those are the only two things I can think of. Um, when I go to those things, I, it leaves me empty. It numbs my mind, but it really leaves me empty. But if I just, I almost let myself feel the emotion and kind of go through it, but channel it the right way and let the Word of God change and refine my mind, He refines my mind and He refines my heart. Um, and that's something that it's really, it's really, I feel like it's very deep what he's doing right now. And I, you know, it's just, it's interesting. It's been really good. It's a challenge though, for sure. So, so when you say that the tension of not going to these other outlets like eating or Netflix, so how are you practically making room for you to grow spiritually as opposed to just going to those places? For me, it's, it's as simple as, you know, when my kids go to bed, making that choice to not put on the TV and to pick up my Bible. It's like just that simple, that moment of making that choice to do that. And I think even learning to care for yourself, because that is self-care. We get into, you know, doing our nails, or for women, you know, doing our nails, getting our hair done, taking a bath, whatever it is. But pushing through that emotion of and disciplining yourself in that in that moment of do I do Netflix or do I read the Bible? That is self care, um, and and caring for yourself the way that you would care for someone else. I think that that is. I, I feel like that's a really big part of it. Yeah, I think that the thing that we have to understand that growing in any capacity takes being intentional right. about growing. Yep. Like you have to grow on purpose. Yeah. This is not just going to happen. It's not just going to be one of those things where you feel like growing. 
No one feels like growing. You have to grow on purpose. Um, and I think we, we live in a day and age where we give way too much credit to our feelings than to actually put an action behind the things we need to see happening right. in our lives. Right. And I think, too, to, to your point, you can feel your emotion, and it can be real, but it doesn't have to be true. And I think that we think that our emotion is true. No, it's a real feeling, and we shouldn't say, no, I'm not feeling sad. I'm happy. I'm not angry. I'm excited. No, I think you have to recognize, yeah, I'm angry, because the Bible talks about anger, and now we know how to go to the Bible in a better way, because I'm recognizing that I'm feeling this way, but I'm not saying this is the truth that I'm going to take on. Yeah. Which I, which I think for me, that's one of, the, one of the key things I believe Jesus is doing in my life is this deepening of emotional intelligence yeah. um, and emotional stamina. You know, as the church grows, there's, there's more pressure, there's more challenges, there's more critics, you know. And so I'm learning to deepen the well of my emotional intelligence, that's really good. you know, and to not be so quickly to respond to everything, yeah. to not be so quickly to be uh, reactive, but I want to be proactive. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, you know, but I think it's critical that we're able to discern between those two. And I think that's one of the deep things that he's doing in my own personal life is, you know, if you're, if you're going to go to distance, you have to deepen your emotional well, yes. right? So you can be able to respond better to situations and circumstances where you don't find yourself always reacting. Because a lot of times we live life reacting yeah. as opposed to being proactive about our feelings and our emotions. Right. And what are you doing to deepen your emotional well? For me, I, I need quiet time. You know, I need quiet time to, to quiet my soul, to quiet my spirit, and to quiet the voices. Yeah. We all have voices running through our head. And so I have to sit. I have to do the... It's, it's interesting because sometimes sitting, doing nothing is harder than trying to do something. Yeah, it's true. You know, and so I have to sit with myself. I have to sit with the Holy Spirit and, and, and be honest enough and also... Be brave enough to let those voices come and let them settle and let the Holy Spirit take the rightful place in my mind and in my heart and my spirit. And that takes time. You know, that takes time. So quiet time for me is critical. Um, You have to know yourself. Some people is not quiet time. Some people need other people around them to energize them. Me, I get energized by being by myself, you know, as you like to call me a hermit. Um, (laughs) But I think it's critical that you got to know your soul. You got to know what works for your soul, you know, to replenish yourself and then to be able to live life from a place of well-being. You know, I think a lot of times we don't, we're not living life from a well-being place. We're living from a broken place. And the more we don't deal with our brokenness, the more we're going to bring that brokenness into other situations and people. So it's critical that I have to sit down and kind of just, just weigh in on what's going on. And why am I triggered by certain things? Right. Now, we're going to go really deep here. Yeah. You know, all of us have certain triggers. And we have to be honest with ourselves and say, why do I get triggered by these things? Right. And what am I going to do to make sure that these triggers don't become my reaction? Yeah. 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 That makes sense? Yeah, so good. Um, what about um, church is an interesting thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. 
And, and for us, it's been almost five years. Like this Thanksgiving will make five years that we moved here. Right. And in January will make five years that we planted this church. Yeah, uh, yeah it's awesome. Five years. Um, from your perspective... How do you think the church is doing? I think it's, I mean, I, truly, I think what is happening is miraculous. I really, I really believe that. I've, I, every time I walk in, yeah. Every, every time I walk into the church and you see everybody doing things, like I walk through the cafe first and everyone's there getting cafe ready and, and really believing that cafe matters. And believing that kids check-in matters, and believing that media matters, and and ushering matters, that to me is exactly what I had envisioned in my mind when I said when we said we're going to come to New Bedford and start a church, and it's and it's miraculous, and I think that I, I'm so proud. I feel so proud. Like I'm like yes, New Life South Coast, that's my church. Like it's not even like oh. It's never, it's, for me, it's never like, oh, we planted this church. Like, I don't care. I don't care if, if someone else planted it. But for me to say, like, I'm part of New Life South Coast, like, I feel so honored to say that I'm part of this community. Yeah. Um, and what I love, too, is that, um, you know, our... You know the numbers are going up, which is really, which is really great. And you know because we know we're reaching lives because every number is a soul, and every soul is connected to a family. And so we know that when we reach one person, we're potentially re- reaching twenty people, right. um, which is real, which is awesome. So we're growing wide. Um, and my prayer has been that we not just grow wide, but we, that we grow deep into right. the things of God and into the Word. And I had this really awesome. Uh, interaction that happened last week I was um, set up to meet with meet with a woman in church Um, she was like you know I'm kind of struggling with some things will you meet with me and I said sure so this was on a on a Monday or a Tuesday we're supposed to meet on Wednesday and she texted me on Wednesday I loved this she texted me on Wednesday and she said "Um, I I feel weird about canceling but I but I need to cancel and I said that's fine she said I realized that I didn't meet with God first before I asked to meet with you and I thought, we're growing deep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because for someone that's new to church and she's new to, she's new to church culture, for her to realize that nuance almost of saying, like, I know that I'll get wisdom from her, but I'm going to grow deeper if I get wisdom from God first and then it gets confirmed with someone else. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, recently we, we took a trip to, to North Carolina. You know, we try to learn. We try to grow. And so we went to a church that we love, one of the fastest growing churches in America, to learn, you know. Um, and, uh, and I remember we walked away saying, man, I think we're doing much better than we think we're doing, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, because there's nothing that surprised us. There was nothing that shocked us. There was nothing like we're not doing. And so for me... Um, you know, being, a, I know I can be my worst critic. It was really refreshing to know, like, man, after five years, this church is doing really amazing yeah. in the things that matters to us, right. you know. I think what's important when I think, when I think about success, I have to think about 
what we define as success. Because everybody has a scorecard for what success is. And so, and so here's what I think success is for us here. Success for me is that we're creating a space for people that normally wouldn't go to church to want to go to church. You know, that to me is success. You know, when, when someone says, you know, church was not my thing and now I'm, I'm into it and I'm learning, I'm growing and my life is changing. Uh, marriages are being healed. You know, people are being restored. You know, drug addicts are being rehabilitated. Um, that to me is what I think about success when I think about the church. You know, that, yeah, every number is a person, and every person matters. And so I, I'm, I'm just grateful that God uh, is on this thing, is in this thing, like for sure. This is not something that we're doing in our own strength and will because we can't change people's lives. We can only create a space for people to explore and grow and, and become who God created them to, to, to be. And, uh, and one of the things that I've really been praying about, you know, five years, I think, I think you don't do anything worth doing until it's five years. You know, I remember someone challenged me with that. He said, don't really take a full inventory until you've been there for five years to say, have you really done some things? And so, and so I, I, I look at that and I think it's not just what is happening inside these four walls, but it's, it's what we're doing outside the four walls, you know. It's, it's what we do with the shelters. It's what we do with the prisons. Yeah. It's what we do with the youth center. Th- that, to me, shows me that we are an active church yep. who is not just focused on itself. Right. Because for me, uh, as I told the leaders the other day, I will be bored if we became a church that's just focused on ourselves. Yeah. You know, To me, church is exciting when I'm reaching other people, when we're blessing other people. And we're expanding the family by yeah. making sure that it's for other people. And so my, my, my mantra for this church is that we can be a church for the unchurch. Always thinking about one more person. Always thinking about how we can help one more person. I think as long as we're doing that, then we're going to have the right definition of success. Yep. You know, uh, to me, it's not just that we're here. It's that we're continuing to open doors yep. for more and more people. Right. You know, and one more thing that I've been thinking about a lot as we approach five years is I pray that we grow deep. And have the right definition of what spiritual maturity is. Yeah, so good. You know, I've really been thinking a lot about this. That spiritual maturity is not how much you know. It's it's how much you're doing. You know, I think we 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 have to be careful not to have the wrong idea of maturity. You know, I was reading from scriptures in in this is my Bible. in my Bible app, but in Corinthians, Paul says something really powerful because here's a church that was growing, right? Here's a church that was diverse, but they began to focus on the wrong metrics for maturity. Their metric was maturity was, I'm more spiritual than you are. Yeah. Right? They were like, some were like, I speak in tongues. Yeah, but I prophesy. Right. Yeah, but I'm the best servant. Right. And Paul was like, you guys have completely missed the point. Yeah. Like every gift that you have, it's not for you. It's to bless others. Yeah. It's to help others. Right? And then he goes on to say this really powerful, you know, in, in chapter 8. He said, so he said, listen, knowledge by itself puffs you up. But love builds up. Right? So knowledge is not wrong. But it's like if you just leave knowledge on its own, you're just puffing yourself up. But it says you need to add you need to have love to your knowledge. Now your knowledge will have something to do 
you know. And so that's my prayer for us. I pray that we are spiritual mature the right way. Yeah. It's not what we know. It's how much we're using what we know to be a blessing to other people. Right. That's the true spiritual maturity right. that I pray this church has. Yeah. Okay, we don't want people to just quote the Bible, but you're not living the Bible that you're quoting. Right. And you're not helping anybody right. with the Bible that you're quoting. Right. You know, because a lot of times you meet people, Christians, who, you know, say so many spiritual things. But it's like, but what are you doing for the least? Like, how are you actually helping somebody? I think I used this analogy before. The greatest thing that I'm seeing with that kids is now the older ones are helping the younger ones. Right? If that's not happening in the church, then we're not mature. We're just puffing up ourselves. If we're not actually taking someone by the hand and say, I want to mentor you. I want to help you grow. I want to help you become who God wants you to become. You know? So that's what I'm praying that this five years bring that sense of maturity to us. Yeah. And I love that too because that makes me think of um, just something so simple when you're saying about knowledge puffs up but love builds up. It makes me think like we can come to church and learn about patience. But as a mom, when I'm in my car and my kids are flipping out in the back seat, if I'm not practicing that patience, then what is the point? Like, I can sit here and yeah. say, yeah, that's so good. Amen, amen, amen. And I feel like we miss that. Right. I, I really do. I really feel like we come in this atmosphere of excellence and we get excited. And that's good because that's the spirit of God. And you feel it and, you, and you're moved by something. But you have to have that maturity to say, yeah, I was moved by something. I retained it. And then on Tuesday, when I was irritated and tired, I put it into practice on that day. Yeah. Because that's what makes you, that's what makes us mature, you know? Right. And, and, and for me, again, what, what really frustrates me about church is when people make it about themselves. Yeah. You know, here's what I'm looking in the church. Or I'm not being fed. It's like, yeah, but at what, at what point are you going to help feed others? At what point you're going to help others? Yeah. At what point this thing is not going to be just about you? Right. Because that's boring. Right. You know boring. what I mean? Like, yeah. how, ma- how many more Bible verses can you know until you actually do something with it? Know. You know what I mean? Like, that's just boring it's so to me. True. Uh, where it's people so talk true. like that. You know what I mean? It's oh, so you know, true. I need some spiritual meat. It's like, you barely drink milk. <laughs> you know? Um, so, so that's what I really am driven by. Yeah. You know, I love new believers. I absolutely love new believers. They're the lifeblood of the church because they bring the excitement, the passion. I don't, you know, I I take a new believer any day over someone who thinks they're mature, who is not doing anything. Like, I love the rawness of new believers. But guess what? If you're not in tune with what God is doing a new believer, you get frustrated with them as opposed to celebrate them and bring them along. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you hear people talk like, oh, but that person's still doing this. It's like, yeah, but what were you doing when you were young? Like, what were you doing when no one else was teaching you the ropes, yeah. you know? So that's not maturity. Maturity is actually coming alongside and saying, man, I want to help you yeah. grow. Maturity is not just pointing out the, the issue, which is funny to me because I've told you this. We live in a Captain Obvious society where we're thinking, like, we're so mature because we pointed out the problem. It's like, anyone can do that. Yeah. How about we become part of the solution yeah, to say, like, I'm here to be a blessing in your life. I'm here to build you up. Right. You know, that's maturity. So I'm going to move on because I get fired up about that. Yeah, I know. I can tell. <laughs> I, I thought you were just going to take over. I was just going to sit here. I was getting just, ready to get up. Yeah, I, I could feel it. I could feel it coming. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Family's next on this list. Here's a question that we get all the time. How do you do it? And the answer is you just do it. 
That is the answer. But seriously, though, <laughs> five kids, right? Kids director, helping to, to, to run this church. How, how the practical side of how do we do it? Um, with help. Uh, I have, I truly, though, I have a lot of help from my from my mom, really specifically. She's awesome. She helps out all Shout the time. Shout out to Mrs. Barrett. Shout out to Mrs. Barrett, for sure. Yep. And I love, I, I love her heart. She, you know, her heart is, this is my ministry, helping, helping you. And I, like, literally could not do it without her help. I actually couldn't do it. So she is a, she's a huge, huge help. Um, and it really is true. You just, you do it. Um, I tell people, it's not like I woke up and I had five children. I kind of, you know, it's like you had one, and then you get acclimated to one, and then here comes two, and you get acclimated to two, and then you just kind of build resistance almost. <laughs> like I'm building an immunity towards children. It's like, all right. I felt like once we had, um, after we had Chase, who's our third, I was like, oh, whatever. We just keep doing this. It's not a big deal. Not then, me, though. I, I got to be honest. <laughs> Outside of Grace, our first one, Every time she told me we were pregnant, I was shocked. Shocked. <laughs> Completely like, shocked. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I just lost five years of my life with that announcement. So, I wish I was more spiritual. Be like, praise the Lord, we're pregnant. I was more like, oh my God, we're pregnant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was so true. How are we doing this? <laughs> Why Jesus? Jesus is like, you know why? Stop. Stop. <laughs> That's awful. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> always. Always goes a step too far. Like every single time. <laughs> I'm so glad that there's not cameras here because my face is red. Like it's like, stop. We all know. So just stop. <laughs> and we talked about this this morning. You know, we were like, stay in your lane. Don't say anything crazy. He said he did. I said, yeah, I'm praying about that. I'm not going to say anything. He said, so that, some, he said something crazy this morning when we were getting ready. And I said, do not say that when we get there today. <clears throat> um, okay, but really, though, we got a little off track. So, but it's, it's step by step. It's day by day. And, and it's um, slowing down enough to pick up on the pulse of, of my home. Um, there are times where I know... Um, I have to I have to stop the laundry and I have to I have to I have to spend time with one of the kids or um, even for even for us like we have to get a babysitter because we need to go out but every day looks different and I think that when you have five kids you kind of want five kids and the church you kind of want a schedule and I work better with schedules when things are planned out but the reality is over the last probably year year and a half I've realized this is a lot. It's like, I, I feel like God tricked me into all of this because I didn't pick up on it till probably about six months ago. And I was like, oh, we're doing a lot of stuff. How am I doing this? Um, but slowing down enough to know the, to know the pace um, and knowing that every day is going to be different, that the schedule is not going to be the same. And so when there are those days where I can get everything done in the house, I am praising Jesus. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I, literally, though, because I know that it looks different. And when my, when my things are in order, I can think better and I can function better. So I'm very thankful for those days. And so I have to work on being thankful for the messy days and knowing that God is still building something in the mess, um, 
but, but slowing, yeah, I think that was a, that's the biggest thing, just slowing down and knowing that every day is going to look different. And that there are days where I, I have to say, you know what, guys, we have to go to church. Like, we're doing this. The house is a mess. We're going to leave everything the way it is. Just, like, get out of the house. we got to get to church, and we're not going to compromise on certain things. Amen. And, and, and I always say this. I always say this to her, like, listen, the kids ate today. No one died. Uh, tomorrow we can clean the house. You know what I mean? You got to keep perspective on what matters. I'm like, man, they, they're, they're healthy. They're, they learned something today. The house looks like a hurricane went through it. But guess what? We're all alive. We're all doing well. Keep things in perspective. It's so important to keep things in perspective. And, too, that it's not always going to be like this. Like, we're not always going to be in this stage of maintenance. Right now, we have our two older ones are 11 and 10, so we're kind of transitioning out of the maintenance of every day and, you know, changing their diapers, doing their hair, all that stuff. But now it's kind of the emotional care of, of what is going. I mean, good Lord, preteen years. I was not expecting this. It's a mess. I wasn't expecting it at all. <laughs> Well, I wasn't. Like I told you, you deal with grace. I'll hang out with the boys because I, the emotional thing right now, I'm just not equipped for it. So, so, so pray for me because there's two girls in the house, uh, three of you in the house. There's three guys, so we're kind of offsetting each other right now. But when she's having the emotional stuff, I take the boys out. I was like, yo, wait, let's go play basketball. Let's go do something. Cause yeah, but even the boys, like... They are, they're a little crazy. I feel like I could say, Caden, let's jump off the roof. And he'd be like, yeah, let's do it. So I don't even know what's going on with that either. So but That's good crazy. I just don't get the female crazy. I don't. I, don't. I get it. I understand jumping off a roof. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, I just don't understand the, you know. It's awesome, though. It's good. And I, oh, it's awesome. It's amazing. And it's really, no, <laughs> he's being sarcastic. It, really, it is really good, though, because as it's a challenge, um, but I love that our kids know that they can be themselves in our house yeah. and that they, can, they don't have to hide or, or try to be somebody that they're not and creating that space for them to be able to feel all of those emotions and feel all the feels and go through it. Um, and, and, and honestly, looking at it as... It's again, it's refining me. I think it's making me a better person. It's making me understand my child better yeah. as a person, not just as. Because I think that when they're babies, we're not really seeing them as people with personalities. We're seeing them as cute little babies and their cheeks and changing their diapers, and it's so sweet. And, and then when they get out of that, and it's like, wow, we have a personality and we have all of these different you know, elements, and you're not like me. And learning them in such close proximity. Yeah, it's very it's a it's a challenge that I wasn't expecting, but I I truly I really love it, and it's and it's really it's really awesome. Yeah, you know what? That just made me think of something that I would ask the church for help on. This is don't look at them as pastors' kids. Look at them as kids. Yeah. They're just kids. Yeah, it's not fair to put any extra pressure on them. Yeah, you know, because it's like they already sense it, but it's like no, they're just kids going through what kids go through. To, to grow, and so that's, that's important, you know, that we can see each other the way God wants to see us, Absolutely. and not put any extra pressure for no right. reason, right. and I'm trying to teach them that pressure is off, pressure is off, like in this house, there's no pressure to be something that you're not, you know what I mean, and that's what we hope this church is, right, we don't have to 
put enough aside. Yep. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. No, it's like, no, let's just be who God called us to be. Amen. That we are who we are by the grace of God. And we're not there yet, but on our way, all of us are growing into yeah. his will and his purpose for our lives. Yeah. And I would just say one more thing on why we, how we do it. Honestly, is the fact that I think when you like something, it's so much easier. You know what I mean? Like, we love church. This is not an obligation. This is not a burden. We love our family. It's not an obligation. It's not a burden. You know? And so I think when your mind's made up about your life, then it's easier to tackle the things that are in front of you. You know what I mean? Because you're not looking at it as, ah, I got to do this. It's like, no, I love to do this. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, there's there's days. But at the end of the day, it's like, what else would I want to do with my life? You know what I mean? We talk about that all the time. Like, I can't imagine our lives without five kids. Right. Even, even, even when I couldn't imagine, keep having them. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I really can't imagine our lives without five kids. And I can't imagine us not leading a church. You yeah. know what I mean? It's right. like, but when your mind's made up, to me, is where the battle is. Yeah. You know? I think marriages suffer because have we made up our minds about our marriage? Yeah. Like, this is our marriage. We're into it. This is our kids. We're into it. This is our church community. I'm into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, when that stuff is made up, Already, like you've made up your mind about it, then it's easy to just tackle whatever challenges comes yeah. your way. Can you say amen? Yeah. And I think, too, embracing it. Like, making, like you're saying, to your point, like making up in your mind that this is where we are and I'm resolved in my mind. I'm not, I'm not getting rid of anything. And then just embracing it. I, that's what I've been picturing myself doing. Like, I'm embracing the mess. I'm embracing, you know... Whatever, whatever it looks like, just embrace it and know, like, this is mine, and I'm going to take care of it, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to work, and I'm going to work through it. I'm not going to quit. I know that, and that's okay. And we're just, you know, we're just going to keep going with it. Yeah. Amen. We got, we got time for one last question in this session. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the, the current events. You know, we are in a very tense moment in our society right now. Midterm elections just took place. You know, the Democrats took over the House. Republicans have the Senate. We have Trump. Um, A lot of tension. Uh, What's your take on current events? I almost don't want to say. No, I'm just (laughs) joking. I do want to say. Okay. I don't don't have any, uh, you know, we don't ever promote any kind of political stance. But I will say this, that kindness is free. Yeah. And... When we take a step back and get out of our own head, we can, you can still hold your conviction and be kind to one another and listen. You can still, you can do that no matter, no matter what it looks like. And I always think about this. It was the kindness and the love of God that brought me into holy living. It was never the wrath or the fear or anything like that. It was the kindness of it. Um, And so even as far as, you know, sharing your opinion about it, that's, I think that that's up to you. I I do think that as Christians, we have a different kind of weight and a different kind of responsibility because the world kind of views, oh, you're a Christian, you're conservative, you're anti this, you're anti that, you're anti this. But is that helpful? So I think that as Christians, we have even more of a responsibility to choose our words well and again, we can still be, we can hold, I can hold my conviction, but I can still listen to you and honor you as a person, no matter what it, no matter what it looks like. Right, right. 
You know, I, I, I think it's sad, honestly. I was, I was telling a friend of mine, I, I was sad looking at the midterm elections and seeing how divided our country is because I think we're never going to make progress with this me versus you mindset. Right, it's you know? true. I, I think we have to see each other as human beings, right. same boat, right. you know, same dreams, yeah. same desires, same passions. Now, yes, we have certain convictions, yeah, but, man, if... If my conviction has to somehow have to bash you, then my conviction is shallow. Yep. You know what I mean? Man, that's that's too small of a conviction. Some, I have some strong opinions about some things. But, man, I pray that, again, that love is my greatest conviction. Yep. That I need to build you up right. even if we don't agree with each other. Right. And I think we need to get away from this thing. Like, if I don't agree with you, it doesn't mean I don't like you. It right. doesn't mean I, you know, we, don't, we can't find common ground. Right. You know, so that breaks my heart about our nation right now because... I think that's, that's the work of the enemy, it making is. us feel like it it's me versus you. Right, right. It's Democrats versus Republicans. No, it's human beings trying to coexist right. and trying to live a better life. Yeah. And I'm an immigrant. You know, I, 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 I came here with my parents when I was 15 years old. So I love this nation because it has afforded us to, to be who we are today. And so it really breaks my heart, even on the immigration stance, you know, to, to see how far we've come. It's like we're a nation of immigrants. And, and we should never lose sight of the fact that God said to always honor people, yeah. especially if they're foreigners. Like, yeah. you should always make room for more people right. at the table because it's about the kingdom of God. You know, and the kingdom of God is a diverse kingdom. It has people from all walks of life. Right. And, uh, and then the optimistic side of me is the church. Because yeah. I look around the church and I'm like, look. We come from our walks of life. We come from different backgrounds. We make different kind of money, right? But here we are all together in one place. I think it's possible to coexist. I think it's possible. And I'm pretty sure in this room there are, there are Trump supporters, there are Democrats, there are Republicans. But, man, I think Jesus is better than all of that stuff. You know? So I pray we do our best to have a kingdom mindset, yep. to say, yes, I care about these things, but man, I care way more about the kingdom of God than I care about those temporary things of this earth, you know. And let's do our best to value one another the way that God values us, you know, because at the end of the day, the things that divide us are so insignificant compared to the things we have in common. We know at the end of the day, we want the same things. You know, we wouldn't be here together if we didn't want the same things, you know. And I think God looks down. He doesn't see Democrats or Republicans. He doesn't see Trump supporters or anti-Trump. He sees, are these my people representing who I am and glorifying me and building each other up? Even if you don't agree with each other, we can still build each other up, I believe, you know. Yeah. I also believe that the church has such an... What an opportunity that we have to say, you know, I'm not, who, almost like I'm not who you think I am. Yeah. And, and, to bridge, and to bridge that gap. Right. And to almost, it's almost like it turns things on its head. Because it's like, oh, I thought you were one way, but you're not, you're not this way. And, I, you know, when you think about um, what you were saying, like the kingdom mindset, I always think like when you think about what's on earth and then we have the kingdom mindset, this is where the church operates. So if the church is operating here, then why can't we be, why can't we be the, the bridge? 
You know what but, I mean? Oh, I but, feel like we we should be the bridge. It's it's this it's the right thing to do. It's the smart thing to do. It's the most logical. Yeah. Well, Jesus said that we're supposed to do two things, right? As his people, he says you're supposed to be the light and you're supposed to be the salt, right? So think about that, right? He says wherever you are, you're supposed to shine, right? In other words, we we don't we don't contribute to the darkness, right? We shine light on things, and think about it. Light doesn't have to do anything other than shine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I think if we can just bring out the presence of God with us to our workplace, yeah. bring it to your Facebook page, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Bring it to your neighborhood and, 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 and just say, God, I just want to be light wherever I am. Yeah. Then, then you're already contributing in a good way. And salt, what does salt do? Salt brings flavor. Yeah. I mean, you know, too much salt is never good. Right? Like, I'm, a, I'm Kay Redding. We love rice. You got to have just the right amount of salt on your rice. Like, you can't, you know, you can't mess with that. So, so think about that. Because a lot of times I hear this, this, this thing. Yeah, but we, we have to tell the truth. It's like, yeah, but how many, way, how many ways can you tell the truth without overtelling the truth? You know what I mean? I think there's, there's a refining way of telling the truth. Right? There, there, there is a flavor way of telling the truth. You know what I mean? And I think we need to f- work hard of finding the right way to tell the truth. I'm being convicted heavily about this. You know, I've been telling it this. Like, I'm convicted over my words. It's like, God, I got to do better with my words. You're like, I mean that. When I preach here, trust me, I go home and I have to have this conversation with myself. Was my words carefully chosen today to help people? You know, as you guys know, I'm a work in progress. But I'm, I'm challenging all of us. Words carry a lot of weight. You know, so let's choose them the, the best way possible, best way scenario. It's like, what's the best way to say this? I don't, I'm not saying we don't have convictions. I'm saying let's choose the way that we're voicing our convictions in a way that, that, that leaves room for growth. That, that builds bridges, not burns them. Because we never know when we can be able to extend that hand on the other because as Christians what do we care about we care about people knowing Jesus and his will and purpose we don't want to shut down doors people may not be ready in the moment but can we leave doors open where there can always be a conversation later you know so any final words because we 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 have to close this session you have any final words no no I love you is that a good final word (laughs) That, that works Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.